Hey y'all, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for this episode 122, and we are continuing our Best of the Rest series, and we are doing my position's sake here, Best of the Rest Wide Receivers. And just as a quick refresher, we did do a top five list for our seniors in the class of 2022. And these are the guys who are just on the outside looking in, in that senior class. These grades for wide receivers are based on 10 categories that I have constructed that include route running, hands slash ball skills, separation slash release are both categorized into one, speed, then elusiveness slash agility, route tree, this is different than route running, as in, you know, your route running could be good, but you could be only running like three routes. So, you know, that's something to consider for sure. Sometimes they go hand in hand. Sometimes they look a little bit different where you run a big route tree, but maybe your route running isn't as crisp and stuff like that. Then verticality slash jump ball. This kind of also includes contested catch and stuff like that and catching traffic, but mainly just someone's ability to go up and just moss somebody. Body control, this is catches by the sideline as well as just leverage when evading the defense and, you know, staying balanced. Then field awareness slash vision. This could be, you know, ball carrier vision as one thing, as well as, you know, finding the open pockets in the defense on option routes and stuff like that. So a little bit of IQ as well. And then the last category is blocking. This is important for a wide receiver. This is what can really separate, you know, high-end D1 guys from maybe FCS guys and stuff like that. But with all the parameters being set, and your reminder to go listen to episode 94, which is our top five class of 22 receivers in Colorado. So that way, if there's anyone that you think is missing from this episode, they might be on that episode. And I also wanna just point out that we did not have this rubric yet generated. We generated this rubric to help us with the very stacked classes of running back, edge, and quarterback. So I did go back and give our top five guys grades and surprise, surprise, some of these rankings would look just a little different. The top, the number five guy would be bumped out by a handful of these guys. But uh, with all of those announcements and kind of clarifications and whatnot being said, let's go ahead and talk about some of these guys here in the best of the rest category. Once again, for this episode, I will be talking about two guys per segment much like how I did my cornerbacks episode. And so starting off, we're going to talk about two teammates here out of Longmont, Colorado in Jack Mole and Caleb Johnson. And I'm going to start off with Jack Mole here, who was pretty impressive and was a part of Keegan Patterson's historic season. Now, standing in at six foot one, 180 pounds, I will say that's a very solid frame. But that does not brace you for his verticality slash jump ball capabilities. This is the second highest rated out of any receiver. And yes, that includes the top five senior receivers. I gave his verticality slash jump ball a 9.5. Half of his highlight reel is just being a walking moss highlight reel. You know, he mosses left and right and routinely turns potential interceptions into big gains or even touchdowns. And he does bail, you know, one of our top five senior quarterbacks and Keegan Patterson out a couple of different times with just excellent body control and really solid hands and just overall ball skills, being able to maneuver around defenders and maneuver his body in positions to make these big time catches. You know, I did give his hands slash ball skills an 8.7, which is also, you know, it's the highest one on this episode and it's one of the highest ones period he just does such a great job of you know like i said positioning himself and getting up there to reach over defenders and just take it away from him so you know just very strong hands very strong guy in general and you know i think part of that is just his his body control i did give it a a 5.3 just based off of his ability to kind of reach around those defenders and honestly he plays a lot taller than six foot one and that like i said in his verticality and just ability to reach over defenders and take it from him i mean it's embarrassing for these defenders for jack mole to just repeatedly just take free interceptions from them i mean 
he's really just deceptive and tricky with that and uh you know shows off with a, a great reaction time really is what it comes down to and he's just able to snap his arms and catch that ball very very easily now just talking about you know some of the more fundamental things i think that he does get pretty decent separation on a lot of his routes i i don't think that he has the best get off but i don't think that he has the worst get off and so for that you know i did give him a 6.6 .6, and this is mainly because there's a lot of passes where he does have pretty solid separation away from the defender it's mainly in routes over the middle where he loses whoever is on him and you know i'd say that he's in he's okay at just creating that separation and most of that's just through physicality at the line he doesn't really get jammed and he can work himself into the field and into a position to catch the ball and all of that being said i gave his speed a 7.1 i think that he has pretty solid speed but you know as far as four or five star you know categories go his verticality jump ball is easily a five star category for me he is one of the best and you know so far from what i've seen the second best period in the state and the guy ahead of him in verticality slash jump ball has like four inches on him so that's not too shabby of a uh of a category to hold a huge you know lead on i should say and just have a very great score on i mean 9.5 it's dang near perfect and is nfl-esque in some ways and now his hand slash ball skills like i said 8.7 that's four star talent for sure and you know he does just enough with his speed and you know with his ability to create separation physically that uh yeah you know i i think it works out and he just produces a lot of big plays and you know on the season he did have himself you know quite both of these longmont receivers had very solid seasons but this one in part in particular i should say um was was just very impressive he caught for 1255 yards and 13 touchdowns some of his notable games included you know in that opening week loss to the eventual state champions in chatfield he did have five catches for 145 yards and a score he put up another 100 yard game against windsor a couple of weeks later and you know against silver creek this was his best game of the entire season in my opinion this one or skyline this was a win over silver creek he had eight receptions for 170 yards and three receiving touchdowns including a long of 68 that would shortly be topped the next week with a 73 yard reception against grand junction central <clears throat> but the skyline game this was a very big game especially with playoff seating on the line he did record 10 receptions for 188 yards and two scores and then in the postseason he did not find the end zone but he still had 12 receptions for nearly 300 yards and i am just blown away by how he was able to produce so many yards i mean the lowest amount of yards he had all season was 56 and that was on three catches so he was just able to get open a lot and you know give you know keegan patterson the equivalent of a big body to target and somebody who would just out muscle other you know out muscle these cornerbacks and these defensive backs for these touchdowns and was just very very impressive this season all of that being said i do think that jack mole is a fun is a great athlete a phenomenal athlete even but he has a lot of fundamental things to work on some of the things that i dinged him pretty hard for is his route tree is not a very deep route tree this can also be attributed to coaching anytime i bring up route tree but it's just not very extensive and i think that his route running in general he rounds off a lot of his routes and you know i i want to dive into this a little bit further with the fact that his field awareness slash vision i gave a four now i gave him a four which is the very bottom of average because i do think that his vision is good and when he catches the ball he's able to manipulate the field pretty well but a lot of these plays you know where he makes these great catches he's way too close to the sideline he does not keep his straight line where he needs to go he allows these dbs to push him by the boundary and you know that worked on the high school level but that is not going to work on the next level you have to establish yourself on the field as a presence get the leverage on the release that you need 
and just maintain your spot on the field. And so I pinged him pretty bad for his route running because he's just lazy and would rather go around defensive backs. But I mean, he's so strong. Like, just go through them, dog. What are they going to do to you? You're 6'1", 180, and you already jump over them. So just push yourself into position, obviously not in the OPI kind of way, but you can make your life a lot easier by not having to make all of these right next to the sideline catches that, you know, sometimes end the play because you catch it and then you have to get your feet in bounds versus some of these goes where I think if you're positioned better on the field and you run this route a bit harder at the defensive back and don't let them push you where they want you to go, then you can catch and run and rip off even more big plays. And I think that honestly, he probably left another hundred yards of scrimmage on the field just by not being able to strengthen his way to you know that side of the field or that boundary and staying you know by the numbers i would say <clears throat> further elaborating i think that his blocking is okay um i give it a 4.8 i think that it's about what you want out of a receiver in 4.8 that's like as average as average gets i want to say but it's nothing to really lose your mind over but i mean really just the route tree that's what hurt him the most at like a 2.7 i just don't think it was a very extensive route tree or his routes kind of blend together because of his route running like i couldn't tell you the difference between a jack mole go seam or post they kind of all blur they're all pretty rounded and just not super crisp routes out of jack mole in my opinion all of that being said he's still a very impressive athlete and a highly coveted athlete i should say you know he was able to rack up a couple of different offers you know, and ultimately decided to commit to the University of San Diego. I think that this is going to be a great signing for USD. I think that they have a pretty solid offense and wide receivers coach who can help kind of, you know, solidify and, you know, buff out the edges here of Jack Mole, who is just such a athletic prospect and a big time prospect who can make plays for you and just needs to kind of buff out some of these rougher edges of you know his route running and just rounding some of these things out some of these technique things and these fundamental things that are definitely going to be able to be addressed on the collegiate level and you know honestly jack he's somebody who i think can get on the field as a true freshman but I don't think it hurts you to do a redshirt year, get your lifting numbers up, get settled into school, and then as a, I think he could be a starter his second year in college, no doubt about it. Um, I just think that his upside as an athlete is massive, and one offseason, I don't think you need more than one offseason to really become, maybe not like a scary route runner, but at least a formidable route runner, one who can sell a couple of, you know, stop and goes, and you know some of these maybe like kind of post corner routes that you see a lot more on the college level and some of these you know deeper whips and stuff like that and some of those in routes that i think he kind of rounds sometimes i think that you can make that a lot more crisp and get more flat across the field and create a better window for your quarterback and so that's what i think jack mole kind of needs to address it could start at footwork and stuff like that just working on quick cuts, but just working every single route. I mean, seriously, look into some of those extensive route trees, look into some of the, you know, out and up, some of the chair routes that just involve a lot of cuts, twists and turns, and that'll help refine your route running in no time at all. Now that all of that's been addressed with Jack, I am gonna transition to his teammate, Caleb Johnson here, who only scored a couple of points higher than Jack Mole but for very different reasons. Caleb here, I did give him a nine in one category, and that was his field awareness slash vision. Caleb Johnson, the thing about him is he's way closer to a gadget athlete player than as a true wide receiver. You know, he got a ton of handoffs this year. He gets a lot of these kind of shovel jet sweeps, I think, that do kind of pad his stats a little bit i think that they're more run plays when you know it's in the format of a jet sweep but it's a shovel pass so it goes down as a reception and so that kind of makes his stats a little misleading here 
with 117 receptions for 1,322 yards and six scores. From an actual receiver, you know, catching standpoint, like past the line of scrimmage, Jack Mole had a lot more receiving yards and I think is a scarier receiver. However, Caleb Johnson is just an incredible athlete. You can see his field awareness and his vision, you know, on these jet sweeps, on these shovel passes. He does a great job of reading his blocks, cutting inside. He's able to cut back across the field. I think that's, you know, his elusiveness slash agility at an 8.9. That's highly attributed to just his ability to change direction. Very fast, very smooth. And not only does he do this on the offensive side of the ball, but on special teams, he is he's special on special teams is the the fun way of saying it. You know, on the year he did have 634 kickoff return yards and tacked on another 32 punt return yards. But you know, as far as a kick returner goes, he was just really, really special. I think that, you know, he had one kickoff return in that playoff game against Dakota Ridge where they just fell short. But I mean, it was dynamic and a heck of a way to open up the game. It happened so fast, I barely caught it. And, you know, kind of that multi-dimension aspect of Caleb Johnson where, I mean, he does catch passes. He does run these out routes. He does run, you know, some hitch routes and stuff like that, as well as some deeps and corners and, you know, a couple of different routes, you know. And the fact that he works from both the slot, the inside, and the backfield kind of helps his route tree out a little bit more than Jack Moles. But really, it's just his athleticism that makes him so special. 8.9 elusiveness. He snatches some ankles hardcore on his film. And, you know, in real life, I saw that he was able to make something out of nothing a couple of different times. And, you know, he had a really strong cutback for a rushing touchdown in that Dakota Ridge game. And he just really impressed me live. Not to say that Jack Mole didn't. Jack Mole was very reliable but I would say that Caleb Johnson is probably the flashier player of the two. Obviously, scoring a nine in uh, a category for both these receivers is a really big deal. And I do think that his vision is, you know, probably more on the four-star level, but uh, creeping up on that five-star capability. <clears throat> now, his return game and, you know, his rushing game is not possible without his speed. I did give him a 7.8 on his speed. I do think he is pretty quick. But I think that there are some plays where if he was a little bit faster, he'd have scored a touchdown, uh, specifically on some of his routes, some of his deeper routes and stuff like that. But now that I've kind of talked about what his real bread and butter was, I do want to discuss his, you know, his, his receiving game. And so his highest category, as far as being a receiver, looks like it was his body control at a 6.8 this was also attributed to his rushing capabilities and he did bounce off of some defenders but he makes some sideline catches and some toe taps but really his hand slash ball skills i gave it a 6.1 i think that they're solid enough and that they're highly serviceable and you know they'll work you know i mean it's nothing flashy like jack mole or anything like that but i i think that you know he he can climb a staircase if he needs to over the middle and you know it can just stick to his hands sometimes and i i find that very impressive and so <clears throat> all this being said i i did have some notes here from when i watched this film from the top five and so i want to discuss that and just note that he he's able to make quick cuts and change of direction seamlessly a solid juke move to shake defenders and really just shakes his head to lose defenders with ease this is both in his route running and in his, you know, actual like ball carrying. I put that he has good ball carrier vision. His acceleration catches defenses off guard and his next gear is quick. He does pop into that top gear very fast. It's not the most elite top gear speed, but the explosiveness that he does show is very, very promising. And I put that he was arguably the staple of his offense with all of these jet motion shovel catches. And he has solid field awareness. Uh, you know, I kind of talked about this a little bit here in his vision being a nine, but also he's very good at finding the gaps in the defense on, you know, some of his option routes and, you know, these crossing routes and knowing when to stop and when to keep going for Keegan to find him. And he does get extra careful near the boundary and make some toe tapping catches. Now, talking about some things that Caleb Johnson can improve on, 
you know, I kind of landed in the middle here with his route running at a 5.3. One reason that I did do it is because he does use his head to kind of shake defenders. And I do like that little touch that he has. You see it on this, you know, kind of flat turned wheel route that he does score a touchdown on. But I think that his separation could be a lot higher if his release wasn't so tricky. I don't see a great get off. I don't see him get to work against press. So that's an unproven thing to me. And that goes a long way because I mean, he's not a big guy. He's five foot 11, 165 pounds. That's pretty light. And so without seeing how he does against press, I can't necessarily give him a high point of separation slash release if I don't see his release. Like Jack Mole, I was able to see him work against press, not so much with Caleb Johnson. So that lands him at a 4.3. Once again, his route tree isn't the most expansive. Now, the fact that he does work out of the slot and the outside and out of the backfield does give it a couple of more options. I think that he does run, you know, a wheel route and a corner route and a couple of different ins and stuff like that, as well as those option or spot crossing routes, you know, I think that all of that's interesting, but the route tree to me is still somewhat average and fairly simple. So I gave that a 4.1 and you know, the route tree that he is given is, um, the route tree that he's given, he does an okay job at, but he doesn't really give the coaches an excuse to expand his route tree is a good way of putting that. Lastly, I was waiting all film, waiting all film, waiting all film, looking for a jump ball, looking for a moss, looking, 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 looking. And he does go up and snatch a couple of different passes. But it's just, there's no, it's not like Jack Mole where he's mossing everybody every play. And I don't know if there's a single moss in all of Caleb Johnson's film or in some of the games that I saw live. So I did give him a 3.7 on his verticality slash jump ball. It just, it didn't blow me away. And lastly, his blocking, I did give a 2.5. I saw him try and block some guys in real life. And I just think that his technique, size, frame, and strength is severely lacking in that category. And so all of these things being said, you know, Caleb Johnson still turned in a, a solid performance this past year. And I think that he's he's a, a talent. You know, he's somebody that I think you can take a flyer on on the next level. He does have a 4.0 GPA. So shout out to our, our smart cookies and whatnot. And, you know, I'm trying to see where his offers are or if he's or if he's even interested in playing on the next level. But I think he can play on the next level. I think that he's I think he's an NAIA guy just because his athleticism and return capabilities are really, really great. And you're always looking for that big play special teamer and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I think that that's the bare minimum. I think that he could succeed on the D2 level as well. Honestly, you know, if there's some way for him to be paired up with a uh, Jack Mole and stuff, and they can work out all that route tree stuff at USD, that would obviously be a, a well-written story, but I could see him landing, you know, at like an Ottawa over, over in Kansas. I think that that'd be a great fit in AIA wise. And I think that, you know, he could be a dynamic athlete as well for Chadron state. Who's had a pretty solid recruiting class this past year. Now I know that none of this is talking about Colorado D2. I think that Colorado D2 is some of the highest of the high end D2 as shown by how competitive they are every year. I think that Caleb Johnson will have to compete out of state for a spot, but I'm Definitely think he could earn a spot and even potentially get some snaps as a true freshman. Once again, you know, skill players, it only takes one big wow play in scout team or something like that to get your shot. And Caleb Johnson seems like the kind of guy that once he gets a shot and once he gets a spot, he's somebody who can get a stranglehold on it. I do want him to get a little bit bigger to play that college ball, but you know, I think he's a, he's a great student and that's something that you're looking for in your program. And he's a dynamic athlete who can score a touchdown on any play. Like, really, really, he can score a touchdown anytime he touches the ball. And something about that is so special and a great reason to recruit this kid. That will be my film breakdown of the Longmont guys. What a fun offense to watch all year. These two and Keegan Patterson, I mean, it didn't get much better than this as far as a trio that would just dominate in a multitude of ways throughout the season. And they had a very solid season and one to be proud of. But 
you know, congratulations to them. Congratulations to Jack, obviously, on your commitment to USD. I think that you're going to do a great job. And, you know, if you guys ever want to come on the show, maybe with Keegan Patterson as well, that sounds like a really fun interview that I'd love to host. But coming up next, we are going to jump up to the 5A level and talk about two ballers out of the Centennial League. Hola and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am your host for this episode, best of the rest wide receivers, Cody Stoffer, and talking about my favorite position to break down and take a look at. And here we are going to the Centennial League to talk about Anthony Harris Jr., the insane athlete out of Smoky Hill. Now, Anthony here in his senior season at Smoky Hill, did record 42 receptions for 591 yards and five touchdowns. And that may not jump off the page to you, but what if I told you in his last game in uniform, he had nine catches for 204 yards and four scores. There's something about them Smoky Hill boys in their last possible game that just... Uh, they just elevate to a whole nother level. And, you know, his success in this final game against Rock Canyon was big time off of jump balls. Anthony Harris, the jump ball specialist. He's the equivalent of a uh, tie from Eagle Crest last year. His verticality slash jump ball rating is at a 9.6. Dare I even say a 9.7? Because, I mean... There's just nothing any defensive back can do against this six foot five hundred and ninety eight pound dog. When he goes up in the air, that ball is his. And honestly, you could tell that Smokey Hill's strategy was throw it up to Anthony Harris and see how far he can carry us. And I mean, four touchdowns out of the forty nine total points that they had, uh, along with their solid quarterback uh, Tyler Bowers. You know, that's that's a great showing there in uh, at your home stadium in in a very close loss but contested loss. And I mean. Just like all of his catches, they are all contested. And man, he just, how, what are you supposed to do? Is basically the story of the defensive back. I mean, six foot five, and he has incredible verticality. I mean, he's also a basketball player, and he has some of my favorite dunks in Colorado high school basketball history. Between the legs, huge windmills, pull back and jamming. I mean, his athleticism is just on display, both on the football field and on the hardwood. And, you know, continuing that, his hands are massive. And this allows his hand slash ball skills to be at an 8.5. It's just so easy for him to catch the ball. And it's just so relaxed, honestly. And he does a great job of catching the dang football. On that note, I do give him a 7.6 on body control. You know, not only does his ability to jump up and, you know, catch the ball make him a coveted or should make him a coveted prospect, but his ability to get his feet in bounds, to contort around these defenders, to have defenders literally bounce off him. Because even though he's six foot five, when he does get the ball in a position to run with it, he runs low and he can carry defensive backs quite a ways. He also gets some opportunities to return kickoffs and, you know, the occasional punt as well. And he shows, you know, that same body control, that inability to be tackled on those plays as well. And this kind of segues really nicely into my next two categories where you know, he's pretty solidly fast. I gave him a seven. It's not that his feet move very quick. His strides are just so damn long that he can't help but be fast because each step that he takes is just like two whole yards. Each stride is like two whole yards. So you divide that into a 40 yard dash and 20, 20 strides and then 40 yard dash. And so you see that those strides just make cornerbacks struggle to cover him and make him a threat on those kickoff returns as well, where he has solid enough uh, field awareness slash vision at a 6.8. And, you know, that elusivity, he's not the most nimble guy, but he does, you know, have a pretty quick cut and he has a pretty big jump cut as well, I would say. So those are some things that definitely impressed me. I mean, he's just a heck of an athlete. And, you know, in my, you know, top five notes, that was before this best thrust episode and before we even released the top five senior receivers, 
I put that he bails out his quarterback with the vertical presence. He's a strong receiver who's hard to bring down. And he's constantly double covered in this film. I mean, bracketed with the safety, linebacker help, cornerback zone, you know, anything that they can throw at this guy, they do. And he still creates these great catches and produces these awesome stats. I mean, look, if the, if Smokey Hill had some other threats, he easily would have been like an 18 touchdown reception kind of guy because in the red zone, I mean, what are you supposed to do? But they double him up everywhere he goes. And something that, you know, talking about areas of improvement here, something that hurts him with, you know, being double covered is his releases. Oh, it's just straight up bad. You know, his first step off the line is very uninspired. It's super slow. He doesn't, he's not like a horse running straight out the gun, you know. He's not shot out of a cannon. He takes his time getting going, and that's just not what you want. And his separation, you know, on his route, he's not a creative route runner, and he doesn't run a lot of routes. He basically runs hitch, go, an occasional in, or screen, I guess. So his route tree is the worst graded here out of all the receivers I've looked at. I gave him a 2.6 on his route tree, and what he does with his route tree is also not super inspiring at a 3.6. He gets pushed over to the sideline. He doesn't get off the ball fast with his separation slash release being a 3.2. He gets moved over. He doesn't get space. And uh, it's just all of those numbers are just killer. And it's very similar to, to some of these Longmont guys. It, him and Jack Mole are surprisingly... Like if Jack Mole was six foot five, him and Anthony Harris would be really similar except i think that harris is just a slightly better athlete being you know an explosive basketball player and whatnot with just an insane vertical but nonetheless anthony harris look if you can get him to play for your school and play football instead of basketball that is incredible you know i kind of looking through his recruiting profile it looked like he had an offer to colorado state and eastern michigan i don't know if he's going to be playing basketball or whatnot but i mean he's just he's different that's the easiest way to describe him he is just built different and it looks like his passions in basketball so i wouldn't even blame him if he does end up playing basketball and whatnot but uh he, he's an incredible talent at the wide receiver position and just a threat to, you know, moss anybody at any time. 9.7 verticality slash jump ball. It's the best jump ball in the entire state. And it's a five-star level jump ball. And he's just a great athlete. I think that he could be a D1 guy. And, you know, I think that for these coaches that are D1, you're not really worried about teaching him and ironing out all these little technical things because he's just so physical and such an athlete it's whatever right when somebody's this big and this nimble and this athletic it's really hard to ignore and uh you know that's exactly what anthony harris kind of does for us here at playmakers corner obviously looking and evaluating him but uh you know great talent out of the centennial league for smoky hill and speaking of centennial league we're gonna jump over to your 2021 and 2022, or I guess I should say 2020 and 2021, state champion Cherry Creek Bruins to talk about Kai O'Day Jr., who many thought was a surprising omission from our list. And upon further evaluation, he does rank higher than our number five guy, but there are also there's also probably one guy who's ahead of him on this best of the rest list. But other than that, he is rated as a three-star guy, and I can definitely see it with his blazing speed. I mean, he just overwhelms defenses with his speed. I give him a 9.4 in speed. I think that he's just incredibly hard to cover because he's just so fast, and DBs are so worried about him getting behind them that uh, he still ends up getting behind them, if that makes sense. And so, you know, with that in consideration, some other things that he does very well is his field awareness and body control. Look, as a senior, you know, he did catch for 578 yards and seven touchdowns. So a lot of people may think, well, what's the big hubbub? He is a great kick returner. I mean, oh my, he, had, he took two kickoff returns 
to the house this year. He also returned a couple of kicks as a junior and was just very, very explosive in every every chance he had to touch the ball there's a chance that he could take it upfield. So, you know, he's very good at reading. He works his way right to left to back to right on these kickoff returns and, you know, scores a couple of touchdowns along the way and just gave Cherry Creek this dynamic presence in special teams that would eventually help them win a state championship. I mean, in the state championship game against Valor, he did rip off a pretty long kickoff return that got Creek on the other side of midfield and also, you know, just helped spread out that Ballard defense that just was not trying to let Coyote beat them over the top. Not to mention they had to deal with CC on the other side. And there's just a, not a lot of teams that boast two cornerbacks to cover this these two. And uh, that was a kind of a buzzsaw that Coyote brought to a lot of the competition this past year. I mean, I think of his Regis film very specifically. Um, especially in that playoff game against Regis where, I mean, he just caught some some great passes, you know. And, you know, the first time he, they played Regis, that was his best game of the entire season. He had six catches for 150 yards, including a long of 81, where, I mean, he just beats this guy and gets past him on this post route. I think it's a very solid catch. It's kind of a contested catch. You know, there's a little bit of traffic going on. But uh, once he makes the catch, there is no catching him is, is a great way to say that. And then, you know, his game against Legend was also a great, great showcase for him. One last big show before, you know, riding off into the sunset with a ring in his senior season. He recorded four receptions for 142 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, just some of the route running that Kyle Day's able to do with his speed you know, his stop and go is very strong. There's one play where this cornerback literally spins in a circle and Coyote loses him so hard and scores a touchdown. So, you know, solid stop and go. He creates pretty solid separation. I gave his separation a 5.7. I gave his route running a 5.3 and his hand slash ball skills a 5.9. He makes some solid catches on the boundary and stuff like that. And he does, as far as the receiver goes, I think that he does everything that you ask of him, but maybe nothing spectacular in the receiving sense. Now, elaborating on just his athleticism and ball carrier, obviously 8.7 in that, 9.4 in speed, 7.2 in body control. What else kind of tags in with this? His elusiveness slash agility. He's a very elusive guy. I will say that I give him a seven in elusiveness because I just think that he has really quick footwork where he's able to shake some defenders. And obviously, you know, that ties into his route running a little bit, but they run a lot of screens with him and he scores on a lot of screens just because obviously he's able to find where his blocks are and, you know, attack and just explode through the holes. And then from there, you know, if you put Coyote in a one-on-one -on -one situation, I think that he wins seven out of 10 times. And I think that's a fair rating to give him in elusiveness slash agility with that very logic. Further uh, expanding on some things that he does just good enough. I think that he's a solid blocker. You know, these Creek coaches ask all of their players to literally do everything. And and by everything, I mean like just be very versatile and effective in everything that they're asked to do. And Kai does exactly that. You know, he's not spectacular by any means, but I give him a 5.3 in blocking. I think it's serviceable for the next level and uh, CSU, you know, if they need him to block, they can. But I think they'd rather just get the ball in his hands. And, you know, sometimes you do have to scheme a way to get the ball in his hands with screens, with hitches, and with stop and goes. And what I mean by that, talking about some areas of improvement, is just there's not a huge route tree for Coyote. Day. And the routes that he does run, you know, I did mention that stop and go that he had earlier, but it's somewhat underwhelming the amount of routes that he runs. And I don't think that he has more moves win running routes to create truly elite separation. What I mean by that is, you know, that stop and go is great, but where's selling vertical when you run in routes? You know, where's that lowering the hips and exploding back to the inside? Where's that post corner route? Where's the persistiveness that Chase Penry of last year had, and even some persistiveness that uh, CC displays this year, both a year ahead and a year behind. Coyote is just sandwiched between some phenomenal route runners and 
Kai just doesn't run the same route tree that they do. And I think that's for a reason. I think that he's just not as great of a route runner for this Creek team as those guys necessarily are. And he doesn't bring some of the same things such as, you know, fantastic. I mean, a separation is basically created by his speed for the most part is what I'd say. And not necessarily out of a place of creativity on routes. Further expanding on something I think he could improve on. I just didn't see a lot of, you know, jump ball situations or plays that he won. You know, not to say that he can't jump. He does have a pretty good vertical snag. I would say that's somewhat in traffic, but it's not like over somebody really that often. And it's not, it's not I think it's, per, you know, serviceable. And that's why it gets a 4.8. You know, it's right in that average, that really, you know, middle of the road kind of range is I think kind of where he sits. And you can see that reflected in a lot of these categories that are fives where I'm like, he's just a little bit above average, but I wouldn't say he's truly elite in a lot of these places. Sometimes uh, on a lot of these screens, he catches the ball with his shoulder pads or with his stomach. And that's why his hands are at a 5.9 because I think that he has solid ball skills and adjusting to the ball. But I think that his hands, you know, while being sticky sometimes, I don't know if he's afraid of the velocity or something on the screen pass, but you got to catch every pass with your hands. Get those hands up, otherwise it's going to bounce off your shoulder pads eventually as the quarterbacks get stronger and the velocity gets higher. So, you know, those are my biggest critiques of Kyle Day is just expanding the route tree. Maybe that comes from watching more film. Work on that vertical as much as you can. I know that he's a track runner and he's focused on that now, so he's only going to improve his speed and, you know, his speed was enough to land him at, you know, Colorado State University. He did commit to be a Ram. So he's just traveling up I-25 for a couple of hours and looks to ball out for this wide, this wide receiver room. And it looks like uh, Chad Savage. He looks like the wide receiver, you know, coach. And he looks very, very excited to get to work with Kyle Day Jr. And I would be too. I mean, he's just a, a phenomenal athlete, an elite athlete at that. And one of the fastest players in the entire state of Colorado. And as a vertical threat, you have got to love that. And so I'm very excited for Kyle Day and uh, Anthony Harris, both of whom, you know, have talked with CSU in the past. And man, if you could get uh, these two guys on the same squad, that's literally lightning and thunder there for whatever quarterback is throwing. You have the lightning, the big boom, and just the monstrosity of strength that is Anthony Harris and that verticality. And then you have the lightning quick speed and you know flashiness of Kyle Day Jr. that allows you to kind of scheme him in a few different ways. You know, I think that you can run some jet sweeps with him and get creative on offense, not to mention the screen swing passes and you know, just to go route every once in a while to throw the defense off and he'll burn them a couple of times throughout the season. And that will cover our Centennial League guys. Following this, we're gonna talk about some of our higher rated best of the rest guys who reside up north. All right, it's Cody Stoffer here on Best of the Rest, Wide Receivers Class of 22, Playmakers Corner, Episode 122. Lots of twos going on. And we are on our last segment talking about some Northern Colorado talent that will start at university, which, if you recall, hosts our number five senior quarterback of the class of 2022 and who was he throwing to is an excellent question and one of his best targets and the guy who makes our best of the rest list is Kanan or Cannon Padilla out of university this guy was incredible this past season for this university football team and I'm going to go ahead and jump right into some of his strengths here. You know, his easily his best strength for this university team was just his elusiveness and just his hands. You know, both of those received a 7.3 from me. And while this isn't as high as a lot of the other guys scored, 
Kanan is just one of those guys who's really good at a lot of different things. And, you know, he has some great over-the-shoulder catches. He has some diving catches. And he puts it all on the line every single time he goes out for a route. And you just can't coach that, honestly. Like, if a player has heart, they have heart. And uh, he was integral to helping this team, you know, find their way to a successful season and a pretty deep playoff run as well. And so talking about just some statistics here for Padilla. First off, he's six foot, 175 pounds. That's a really solid frame and size heading into the next level. That's kind of what you want. And so on the season, he had 61 receptions for 892 yards, but it's the impressive 11 touchdowns that really jumps off the page here. You know, he was just able to make some spectacular catches and take the back off of defenses. And that's why I rated his speed at a solid seven. He's, you know, a guy who can take the, the top off, but also somebody who, you know, uses the, the field to his advantage and is also somewhat of a vertical threat, but really his body control is what allows him to make so many of these great catches. I gave that a 7.2. It's ranked just below the other two categories. His boundary catches are just amazing. You know, he does a great job of toe tapping and that's the kind of like range that body control has. It's also when he has the ball, there's one play where five different people got to tackle him and he manages to shrug all of them off with just you know, once again, excellent body control and leverage. And so these few things make him just a very reliable receiver who can move the chains, find the first down, make these tough catches on the boundary or make these catches on the out route, you know, make these sh short catches, I should say, and then get a lot of yards after the catch and turn up field. And, you know, that's not the only thing that I kind of used to grade his hands and, you know, his verticality. He also recorded eight sections eight interceptions, I should say, and 11 pass deflections on the defensive side of the ball. I know that we're talking best wide receivers, but some of these interceptions, they were just too good for me to ignore them and not jot them down on, you know, his hands and, and ball skills. You know, I think it's obviously a little bit different when you're looking at the two, but I mean, if you can catch a football, you can catch a football. And so that's why his hands received the grade that they did that put him kind of in the middle of the road of this best of the rest group. But uh, it definitely helped out his verticality and jump ball skills that I put out a 6.9. It is just rated before, you know, being very consistently good. So, you know, both of these things jump off the film. His route tree is, you know, it's solid. It's better than most of these guys. Actually, it's the highest rated out of anybody on this list. I gave his route tree a 5.6. I think that he does run a great plethora of routes running both out of the inside and the outside as well sometimes even out of the backfield you know kind of like caleb johnson but even more extensive i think that his corner routes are really crisp i think that you know some of these double moves where he sells like the out and then goes into an in or you know like these deep hitch routes or you know these deep slants these post routes like they all look different i can tell the difference between his routes and his route tree and i think that that goes a long way and, you know, I think that his route running for all of those routes that he runs is pretty average. I, I gave him a, a 4.3. I think he can get a little bit more creative with it. And, you know, that's something that I hope to see some improvement from is just creativity with his route running. And I think that'll increase his separation slash release. You know, I think that his release isn't bad, but he sometimes struggles with separation. But I mean, it is still enough to land him at like a 5.9, which is, you know, good, but not great once again. And that's where most of his categories fall is just being a really consistent football player, you know, and that's what's able to land him at this 61.6 total grade that I gave him. His lowest category was blocking, and it's just from really a, a lack of extensive film on it. But even then, I didn't drop that below a four, you know what I mean? So that's not even the worst thing going for him. And also, I want to mention that while making all of these interceptions and receptions when he does get open field in front of him he has very solid field vision and just awareness he did return 18 kickoffs for 368 yards and you know on one of his interceptions he was able to take it back to the house and 
you know, he's just able to score in so many ways. He's a great athlete, excellent body control, really well balanced, and I'd say a must-have prospect. And from looking at his Twitter, I can't tell you if he has any offers right now. It, it doesn't really jump off. The only tweet he has is uh, congratulations for making the um, All-State football team and representing the West in June at the All-State game in Pueblo. So, you know, uh, obviously he can maybe put himself on the map there a little bit with a strong performance, but he's a do-it-all kind of athlete slash receiver and somebody that helped this you know, university team overperform and exceed expectations by a pretty significant margin and tallied 1,594 total yards on the year, making him, you know, one of the best versatile threats in all of Colorado. And so talking about where he could possibly go, honestly, I think that you could take a flyer on this guy as a lower level D1 school that, you know, wants to attribute some of this to just facilities, honestly. I think that with with FCS facilities, this could be a great opportunity for a school to get excellent value. I think that with UNC in the neighborhood, offering a PWO to Padilla would be an excellent play here, but I know that he's also a baseball athlete and university has a solid baseball squad. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does play collegiate baseball, but man, he'd be a great athlete to have on your team. I think lower FCS is probably his ceiling right now. I think that there's still a lot that he has to show me as far as refining his route running. But honestly, he's just a raw, great athlete who does do some things very, very well and is just a very consistent player. I mean, he was arguably the security blanket for Greg Garza here with those 61 catches. I think he has reliable hands. And look, it's hard to find a receiver that does everything that you ask if that makes sense, like uh, a yes coach kind of player is, is hard to find just in general these days. And I think that Padilla is exactly that, but the best version of one of those players that you could possibly find. And that is the reason why I think he is a must recruit prospect for any schools who haven't yet offered him. And I think that he's, he's available. So go ahead and reach out to him and uh, give this guy an offer to improve to improve your program. Staying not as quite north, but definitely in a north-ish part of Colorado, I'm gonna be talking about the Broomfield stud, Josh Dunn. If I had this rubric around when we were doing this and hashed it out with Simon, this would be my number five receiver here. I think that he is a great talent. And just I just wanna take a look at the notes that I took when I was looking for our top five receivers because I had a lot of praise for this guy. And, you know, for his strengths, I put really good hands for a solid catch radius. I put that his hands are just sticky as he corrals some of these passes in and adjusts his body in contortionist ways to make catches. I put that he's good at breaking back to the ball on comeback routes. And he has a couple of double moves and head nods to shake defenders for deep routes. Uh, there's one really good one uh, in his senior film where he got the defensive back to literally turn into a statue because he just shook his head so much and shook him loose and got open for a deep play. So put that his body positioning and footwork to make catches in tight windows on the sidelines and to catch it in places where the defender cannot make a play was very impressive. So just using his body as, you know, a shield to protect the ball and just give only himself a chance to catch the ball was integral not only for his success this past year, but you know for Broomfield's success and their ability to make the playoffs and you know being uh, one of Cola Cruz's top, if not number one targets. I put that uh, you know he has a couple of ball carry moves, but mostly uh, mostly just a solid stiff arm, you know, but a couple of different cuts and stuff. And he has strong hands for beating slash pushing away from press, and he squares up and blocks very balanced and handles his business downfield manhandling most cornerbacks he blocks and so obviously this isn't the most flashy thing that you want to talk about but his second highest category was blocking i gave it a 7.8 it's borderline elite you know i think that some of the cornerbacks that he went up against were a bit on the smaller side but he showed me everything that you want out of a division one blocking wide receiver but he's not restricted to just blocking 
know, I did talk about some things. His verticality slash jump ball, that was his highest grade at an eight. That is easily a three-star talent. I think that he makes some very impressive catches and this can be further exemplified by his 7.4 body control, where, like I said in my very, you know, early, early notes, and after watching his film again a second time, I doubled down on all of this, that he's just great at making really tough catches. And, you know, that's something that is very hard to find and uh, comes here in a great package here with Josh Dunn. Furthermore, he's the best route running receiver in the best of the rest. I gave him a 7.6. That is 2.3 points higher than the next two guys in route running. A lot of receivers on this list who were left out were left out because they weren't as creative with routes or they just were lazy and rounded off a lot of routes or weren't as crisp, yada, yada, yada. But Josh Dunn, he was in strong consideration simply because his route running was just that spectacular and, you know, I think the program who got him got a huge steal. But saving that for a little bit later, talking about some more things that Josh Dunn does well, does well. Obviously, I said that he has very sticky hands that make for a good catch radius. So I gave his hand slash ball skills 7.3. Once again, kind of in that two, three star kind of area of expertise here. And, uh, you know, overall, very, very solid and something that you you have to be very happy with as any program who could potentially swipe him. Now, talking about uh, some of these other categories, I gave his speed and his elusiveness slash agility a 6.2. That means that I think they're good, but maybe they're not great. Uh, he does have enough speed to just get away, and he has enough elusiveness to shake a couple of guys, but he doesn't have back-breaking speed or back-breaking jukes or ankle-snatching, ankle-breaking jukes on a regular basis. He shows flashes, which is why it lands him in the 6.2 range, but it's not, you know, he's not a Coyote who just takes the top off of defenses, and he's not a Caleb Johnson who's just super shifty and able to change directions on a dime. So that's why, you know, they're, they're somewhat high, but they're not the highest. Furthermore on that, you know, separation slash release, I gave a 6.5 because like I said, he's good at beating press and doing stuff like that, but I, I think that some of his contested catches happen because he just doesn't create enough separation. I want to see him create more separation. He does have routes where he does create a lot of separation, you know, up to five yards even sometimes, and that's cool. But sometimes defensive backs are able to stick with him way too hard. And that's just, you know, I know it's frustrating to kind of watch because I think that there's a lot of big plays kind of left on the field where if he was just faster or just had a little bit more separation created from higher speed, that there's more touchdowns that he scores over the course of this year. So, you know, still very good, still very serviceable, but maybe not the best. <clears throat> now, talking about some real true areas of improvement here, his two lowest categories at a 4.9 and 3.9 were his route tree and field awareness slash vision, respectively. I think that he ends up way too close to the sideline a lot of the time. And I also worry about his vision because he doesn't get like any screenplays called to him. Why would you do that if somebody can read their blocks very well? That's kind of what that says to me. Broomfield did run a lot of screens this year. I, I saw it in his film as he was blocking for other screens. And I was wondering the whole time, how come he doesn't get thrown all these screens? Where Where's his playmaking capabilities? And so obviously I think that's a little bit to do with his speed and elusiveness as well. But I'm going to pit that mostly on his vision. I think that he doesn't necessarily run to the most open part of the field every time he gets the ball. And that in turn creates some problems. And then, you know, his route tree, his route running is very good, but he doesn't have the most expansive route tree. I gave it a 4.9. That's like almost average. It's, it's right in that midway point. It's not underperforming. It's not like he's just like slant go out, you know, there's, there's a little bit more to it, but it's not super complicated. You don't see a lot of post corners and on these route tree categories, I do acknowledge that part of that is the scheme and the way that they're positioned. But sometimes coaches scheme you to run specific routes for a reason. And so, you know, that's something to kind of keep an eye on. And so talking about his season, I do kind of want to 
digest at least what his max preps has posted. He was a thousand yard receiver, 13 touchdowns. That's one of the best in the state, but uh, he does kind of hit a wall at some point in the season here. You know, his first five games, all over a hundred yards, you know, Golden Longmont, Denver South, Monarch, Loveland, 114, 176, 148, 122, 163. And he caught seven touchdowns in that span. Then he gets, he hits a bit of a hiccup here in this Windsor game. And he never gets over 100 yards again for the rest of the season as he gets 19 in this game against Windsor, then 87 and still two scores and 83 and two scores against Brighton and Silver Creek. But it's not the same level of production that we previously saw other than in the red zone. And, you know, once they're on the other side of the 40, he's just able to make some of these great catches over defenders and ball out. But uh, I am curious to see kind of how his reception load dropped down. It could be from a lack of other weapons or something like that, or it could just be from defenses keying on his separation slash release and, you know, being able to kind of counteract like, hey, if I play like eight yards back, I don't know if there's any possible way that Josh Dunn beats me over the top. So looking forward to this offseason, I do want to see him get faster. That's my number one focus for him is to just become a faster football player, lots of speed training. And I think that, you know, this speed training opens up a lot of opportunities as well for, you know, him to just get more open, create more separation and expand his route tree. Talking about outlook here in this last digestion of Josh Dunn, he is a highly, highly coveted D2 prospect. It started with an offer from Western Colorado, you know, down in Gunnison. He also had, you know, some graphics and stuff made by Emporia State University. That is a D2 program once again. So some nice graphics and stuff made for him there. Then, you know, he visited UNC and eventually earned a preferred walk on there. He also got an offer from Black Hills State University, I want to say, which is a D2, and Chadron State football, which is also a D2. So highly coveted D2 prospect, PWO for Greeley. But he ultimately commits to CSU Pueblo. That is, you know, having a phenomenal recruiting season for Colorado talent and pouncing at, you know, the opportunities that COVID has provided and has scooped up, you know, what I think is a fringe division one football player here in Josh Dunn, just as they have done so many times with so many other prospects. So huge shout out to CSU for always keeping their eyes out on that Colorado talent. But Josh Dunn, I really think that he's a fringe one defensive yeah, or division one player. You know, I think he's a two star athlete and I've seen two star athletes, maybe less deserving, do get offered to places like University of Northern Colorado and should that roster spot maybe be his probably but everything for a reason i have a lot of faith in josh i have a lot of respect for him and his game and just this broomfield squad in general they are really awesome to cover i wish that a couple of more balls bounced their way this year and uh they got a little bit less unfortunate sometimes but it is what it is and you know josh dunn did everything he could to help produce and you know, he's also a, he's a four, four sport athlete. So I think he has incredible drive, incredible work ethic. And I think that this is an excellent, excellent signing by CSU Pueblo. And I would love to have Josh on the show if he so pleases. And that will conclude all of the players on this best of the rest breakdown. I went through six players. Once again, those six being Caleb Johnson and Jack Mole the dynamic duo out of Longmont High School that were paired with legendary Longmont quarterback Keegan Patterson. On the second segment, I went to the Centennial League, the vaunted SEC of Colorado conferences, to talk about Smoky Hills, Anthony Harris Jr., the athletic freak of nature, and Kai Ode Jr., the speedy CSU Ram commit. And in this last segment, uh, Kanan Padilla, and Josh Dunn, Kenan Badia being unsigned hype from that Bulldog squad in university, and Josh Dunn being a Thunderwolf in this upcoming season. Thank you so much for listening to episode 122 of Playmakers Corner, Playmakers Corner Podcast. I can't even say my own show. Uh, Playmakers Corner Podcast, who does all of your favorite Colorado breakdowns. Make sure to follow us on social media. That is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Playmakers Corner or Playmaker Corner. 
We are also on TikTok where we post TikToks of all of these players in these episodes. So make sure to tune in to all of that. And also tune in to our Twitch slash YouTube where we've been doing streams, doing live breakdowns of players such as young quarterbacks, including most recently Blake Palladino and Cameron Cooper on last night's stream when this episode was released. And also Beckham Kritza slash DJ Bordeaux. We have a couple of NAIA women's flag football streams as well as as far as previews for the season and whatnot there, which has been super exciting. And make sure to tune into those streams and check out the NAIA women's flag football teams. That's the Sun Conference as well as the KCAC as well. They have been producing some great entertaining football and we're very excited to cover it. And hope that you guys find those streams and also tune in. It's great football if you're uh, football hungry. And it's the future of football as far as athletics and stuff like that go. If you are an athlete and you want your film broken down by Playmakers Corner, please go to the link tree in our bios, okay? They are on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And the first link on our link tree in our bio is a Google form. You fill that out, you're on our list for us to do your film breakdown. We only have a couple more episodes of these best of the rest kind of, you know, focuses on the guys who are mainly honorable mentions. And then we're jumping into requests and we'd love to break down your film live on Twitch and stuff like that and just feature you in an episode. It would be our honor. Obviously, we are prioritizing seniors first. So seniors, please get in your film so that we can try and get all of your breakdowns done before May and before turning our attention to some of the underclassmen. I think that does it for announcements, so just stay tuned for Coach V's episode on women's flag football on Friday. And thank you so much for rocking with us. I have been your co-host, or just your host, force of habit, been your co- your host for this episode, Cody Stopper, and good night. <laughs>